hell It's gonna be a great Noel It's the Advent Calendar House Muffins, Black Man Smurfs And even Garfield's Halloween We're gonna take a trip down memory Welcome back to the Advent Calendar House, the podcast that would sooner crash a cloud car into the side of your house than see you sat on Christmas. I'm kidding. Please continue feeling your feelings. Today's special is totally nuts, so join us as we stare intensely all the way back to 1988 at the Care Bears Nutcracker Suite. I am covered in chimney soot because I like it, Mike Westfall. And joining me... Because she accidentally stowed away while looking for something in the trunk of my car. That sounded better in my head. It's Lindy. Hey, Lindy. <laughs> hey, everybody. How are we doing today? A little nuts? Hope so. <laughs> <laughs> and also suddenly appearing out of nowhere through an interdimensional mouse hole. It's Karen Flieger from the Retro Network. Welcome, Karen. Hello. Thank you for having me. Oh, thank you. Uh, it's great to have you both on. This is one I've been waiting to do for a while now, but first, let me hear your history with this special, and we will start with you, Karen. Uh, well, I think where I found it, because it was kind of the late 80s when it came out, I think where I saw it was, I think I saw it on the Cartoon Network, um, when they used to, uh, in the early days, most of their programming was uh, classic vintage cartoons. And Christmas Eve uh, morning, they they would have like everything from Smurfs to Care Bears. Oh, yeah. Just family circus, just any kind of cartoon that had to do with the holidays. They just put them all on. Yeah, they had some good marathons in the early days Cartoon Network. I remember that's when I first saw. I think that might have been the first time I saw the uh, He-Man and She-Ra Christmas special. I don't remember seeing that as a kid. I don't remember. One of those. But Lindy, what about you? Uh, uh, what's your history with this Care Bears Christmas special? Um, I'm not entirely sure the first time I watched it, because it's just one of those things where the setting wasn't especially significant to me. <laughs> but considering I was of age and we had the Disney Channel around the time it aired, it may have been possible I saw it on one of its original airings. If not, I caught it in another year and then it ended up on like the perpetual Christmas mixtape I ended up with with various specials to you know, watch 10 times a year. <laughs> yep. That sounds like my story. Uh, I might've actually also caught this today at first aired with an asterisk because what I found out is that it was first released in three parts as episodes of the TV show. The last three episodes of that particular TV series airing on November 23rd through the 25th, 1988, that would be Thanksgiving week. And then the Disney Channel aired the full special uncut on December 10th. I know that's the copy I had taped off the TV because I still have a copy of that copy. <laughs> oh, wow. Transferred onto a DVD. <laughs> Thanks, Mom. <laughs> Does it have the commercials? No, it was the Disney Channel, so no oh, commercials. Yeah, Disney Channel um, didn't have commercials then. That's right. 
Yeah, you just had um, Disney bumpers and ads for their other shows that were coming up. Right. And I think this one, my mom might have tried to get it right as it was starting and might have missed a second or two because it kind of starts. <laughs> it's not it's not a smooth fade in, but it's close enough. That's like a classic hallmark of kids tapes that were taped off of TV. Oh, yeah. Or- video or uh, copied off of another like vhs from the video store is there always just be that imprecise start like my kids have no idea that we used to have to tape songs we like off the radio and tape these things off to tv and just you would miss things so i feel like every (laughs) year i have to re-explain why things are so choppy (laughs) uh quick lindy who's your favorite care bear um I would say of the of the general crew, uh, I would go with Cheer Bear, but Care Bear Cousins, it's Swift Heart all the way. Good picks. Yeah, yeah, the, the rabbit one. <laughs> yeah, I like bunnies too. <laughs> well, he was just always really effective whenever they needed him. Like, he got stuff done and, like, lots of Heart Elephant was nice, but he kind of got, like, all lost in the sauce. <laughs> And Braveheart Lion was like, oh, I'll take care of this and immediately fail. And like, <laughs> be like, well, who's going to help? I don't know. Swiftheart, I guess, can do something. There you go. <laughs> I got a soft spot for lots of heart when we're talking about the Care Bear Cousins. But Karen, do you have a favorite? Um, well, I have I have kind of two favorites. OK, I really a few years ago, um, Honda did uh, that actually it was over several years that ad campaign where they had classic uh toy characters like they had one with gem and they had one with um <laughs> strawberries uh strawberry shortcake and they had one with the care bears and for the care bears they had cheer bear and grumpy bear and i always say that cheer bear and grumpy bear are my duality <laughs> 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 when i'm happy and cheerful i'm very much like cheer bear and when i'm uh tired and <laughs> and and in a little done with it all i'm a little more like grumpy <laughs> <laughs> that's a that's a very good they're very yin and yang when the two of them hang out uh they don't get to here but my favorite care bear as a kid was never a big player on any of the tv specials but it's bedtime bear Oh, <laughs> because he was the first one i had as a very tiny boy my brother and i had bedtime bear and friend bear but they weren't the they weren't the plush toys i think my mom had bought a fabric print of each of them that she had stuffed and sewed by herself. <laughs> they were amazing. Yeah, that is, that is so sweet. It is. I, I love that, but I'm just imagining like building up for somebody like, oh yeah, I had the original Care Bears and then you pull it out and it looks just like a pillow and it's like kind of half stuffed still. And they're like completely disappointed. Well, I'm like three years old, so I didn't yeah. know the difference. Yeah, it, well, exactly. When you're a kid and it's like sentimental to you, it's it, it's all very nice, but it's just kind of funny. Thinking yeah, about no. It, <laughs> a few years later, and that would have been funny. <laughs> Was Friend Bear the one with his milkshake on his stomach? No, um, I think that one is Share Bear. Friend Bear is kind of orangish or or tan, and he's got the two flowers. Okay, yeah, because I had two. I had the actual licensed ones and I originally um as a kid and I had a cheer bear and then the chair bear and I was trying to yeah. remember what was what <laughs> that one's purple I want to say yeah it was purple and he had okay. a milkshake yeah cheer bear just looked like cheer bear because it was pink 
Sure. Yeah, Sherbert was one of the ones that came out later. Oh, yeah. okay. Sherbert, and it was washed so often that it turned white. <laughs> oh, <dear. laughs> nice. So I don't have it anymore. Ah, well. But I do have a, a world's smallest tender heart. <laughs> world's smallest tender heart. How small are we talking? Like um, Barbie, a Barbie doll could hold it and it would look proportionally. Correct. Oh, wow. Like yeah. a, like the size of a Lego minifigure. <laughs> yeah, probably. So, yeah, I watched them all the time. Care Bears were great. What I did not realize until doing the research for this episode this was the last appearance of the Care Bears in animation for 16 years. <laughs> I I know when uh, I was looking back and looking into Wikipedia, because I'm like, oh, I wonder if there's any like interesting things I didn't know, you know, because you don't know those as you're watching it on TV as a TV, as a kid. Um, and I saw there for the Care Bears franchise itself, it was like seven different reboots it's had since like oh, yeah. One and I'm like, oh my gosh, that's like serious. Yeah, but this was a long break, and and I guess that's a good segue into the history, the history of the of care bears. Created in 1981 by American Greetings' former licensing division called Those Characters from Cleveland, Lindy, you were neighbors with the Care Bears. I, I was. <laughs> Now officially known as Cloudco, the Care Bears launched in 1982 with 26 different licensees, including General Mills, Parker Brothers, and Kenner. And that explains why they were everywhere all of a sudden. (laughs) They were on greeting cards, books, plush toys, and posable figures, and in two TV specials by Atkinson Film Arts, the studio behind the raccoons, which I've talked about before on the podcast. And here as we get into the TV and film rundown is where all that licensing comes in. (laughs) So in 1985, we got the Care Bears movie produced by Nelvana. That introduced the Care Bear cousins, who are the other animals. We talked about lots of heart elephant and brave heart lion and swift heart rabbit. And then there's an 11 episode TV series by Deke. Then the Care Bears movie 2 comes out in 1986 with Darkheart. That was the superior movie, to be honest. Yes. I mean, it, well, I just love it because, like, for one, it's, like, kind of weirdly goth with, like, dark, oh, yeah. like, palace and stuff like that. So that's kind of awesome. But I also love the fact that it's uh, got, like, the first lesbian couple I've ever seen on a kid's <laughs> TV show. You're not wrong. <laughs> And also, it's really still to this day hard to believe that one of them was supposed to be a horse. Oh, that's right. <laughs> they, they, one looks like a bear and one looks like a weird bear. And they both look like they have haircuts from Indigo Girls. <laughs> leave it. Yeah, all of the Care Bear cousins look like they might have been bears in a previous life or something. Even Braveheart <laughs> Lion just got bear ears and a mane. <laughs> it's just a bear with a mullet. But. It's like a weird um, <laughs> the island of Dr. Moreau kind of thing. <laughs> the Wuzzles. Yeah, the Wuzzles. Yeah, the Wuzzles. There you go. Put the Wuzzles on Disney+. Plus. Uh, and after that, there was a different TV series, also by Nelvana, called The Care Bears Family. And that's the one with No Heart and Beastly and Shrieky. 
And then came the Care Bears Adventure in Wonderland in 1987. That was theatrically released. That's another that one I was a surprised to hear when I looked that up. <laughs> yeah. Made its budget back. That surprised me. Um, and finally, this in, in 88. And it's the last we would see of the Care Bears in TV or film until 2004. Oh, wasn't there like a thing in the 90s, though? Like they I, th- I thought it was like one brief thing. And all it was was about like recycling because that's what every. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, they did that. Or it might have been early 2000s. And maybe uh, that's what it was. Something like that. But yeah, it was <laughs> somewhere out of nowhere. But but we watched this uh, special every December for years. And now I've put it on my for my kids for quite a few years. This is the first adaptation of the Nutcracker I've covered on the podcast. It's probably the one I've watched the most. Oh, yeah, definitely. Same here. I went to the Fabulous Fox when I was about seven, and I saw it there. Uh, My dad worked for IBM, and one year for the IBM Christmas party, uh, which was um, the the families would get, um, we would all go downtown. And um, there, there was a Santa Claus and there were great cookies. I mean, some of the best gingerbread cookies I've ever had. But one year we went to, um, we, we actually went to the Fox and we saw the Nutcracker as part of the party. And um, that, that was the first time I saw anything having to do with the Nutcracker. The second time was this special. And then last year I went to um, my niece uh, well, both my nieces are um, in a in a dance school, and okay. they did a performance of the Nutcracker. Nice. Um, the older one was in it last year, and will be in it again this year. And the younger one was only four at the time, so the the, the little little kids weren't in it. But um, she's five now, so this year she'll be in it too. That's. Awesome. And that sounds like an amazing company party. Yeah. Well done, IBM. Oh, they were awesome. They were awesome. The IBM Christmas party. I'm definitely, I, I almost wrote a, a um, article on it last year, but I needed to um, get some more research, some more information because it was a long time ago. I think the last one we went to, I was like 10 or 12. They oh, okay. Um, but, but it, it was something I look forward to every year because th- there were just so many, so many amazing things. Um, my dad, uh, dressed up as Darth Vader for like 15 <laughs> minutes. At a Christmas party. <laughs> yeah. At a Christmas party. <laughs> it was, it was like seventies. It was, that was like 1979. I think that was when we were still in Chicago. And um, we, my mom took pictures, but it was a flash camera. And of course, Darth Vader's costume is like black. So you can't actually see him. All you see is my white uh, kind of satin blouse. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. You can say it was the ghost of Christmas future if you want to. Oh, there we go. Yeah, see? <laughs> Perfect. And, and, I, and I was holding like a balloon animal because they had like clowns that made balloon animals. Oh, nice. And, so much fun and then of course i have my nutcracker socks that i yes. in, in twitter i might have to uh tweet those and i'll put them in the show notes they're pretty nice socks <laughs> y'all 
But uh, <laughs> I was in a school play of the Nutcracker when I was in fourth grade. I was one of the uh, mice. And then my, <laughs> my brother was in the Nutcracker Ballet as an adult. Uh, a friend of ours is a professional dancer and somehow roped him into doing this community theater production of the Nutcracker. He was just uh, one of the parents dancing at the Christmas party at the beginning. But And my brother, that took a lot of coming out of his shell to do. Like, I was very surprised that he went ahead with it and, and did that, but he did an amazing job. It was awesome. I've always known that your brother was, like, fit, and I was thinking for a second, I'm like, well, maybe that was why. Maybe he was a ballet dancer. No, this was a one-time deal. <laughs> a friend of ours is or was a professional dancer, and she got him to do this, and... It was cool. That's awesome. Yeah. No, that's awesome. Good for him. So let's get into this. We open on a snowy day during rehearsal of a school theater production of the Nutcracker Ballet directed by Ms. Walker, who is voiced by Abby Hagyard. Tchaikovsky's ballet is only one of the many different ways the original story by E.T.A. Hoffman has been retold who had previously been the voices of Wish Bear and Love-A-Lot Bear and Friend Bear. None of them are even in this special, but much more importantly for me, Abby Hagyard is probably best known as the mom from You Can't Do That on Television. The mom, the librarian. Yep. Any adult woman, she, she always played that character. Just like Les Lyle always played the adult men. <laughs> yeah, and those two, like, there's that strange connection between the Care Bears and... You can't do that on television because I believe Les Lie was the voice of Professor Coldheart. <laughs> I mean, there's only so many people that are working in TV at the time, I guess. <laughs> yeah, in Canada, nonetheless. <laughs> yeah. Never put that together until now. Uh, she she has not done any TV work in a while, but still does speaking and hosting appearances and is active on social media and appears to be a very delightful human being. She was in the Orange Years. Um, yes. Uh, that they have on um, Hulu about the early days of Nickelodeon, her and uh, Christine McClave. Yeah, who have both fully embraced their role in early Nickelodeon and a lot of people uh, in our age brackets memories of it. So I'm, I'm very thankful for that. So she's Miss Walker, and we also meet two of her students, a young ballerina named Holly. But there are a lot of fights and battles in the show. Tell him, Miss Walker. Voiced by Myron Bennett, who appears to have voiced lots of random kids in Care Bears. Uh, she was 12 years old by the time this first aired. Also did some voices for characters in Babar and Clifford. Was in a couple of Goosebumps episodes. And was the English voice of Hello Kitty's friend, My Melody. Aww. Uh, the other student is Holly's little brother, Chris, who is not happy that his sister dragged... <laughs> Him into being in a ballet and having to wear goofy costume, but... Oh, no! I'm not wearing this dumb costume! Holly, you tricked me into being in this show! Chris is voiced by Adam Simpson, another Care Bears regular. His only other credit besides that is a home video based on another toy line, the Wild Puffalumps. Oh, my God. I forgot they even had a TV series or TV show or anything. That was such a short-lived toy. <laughs> I didn't even know they got a cartoon. 
Yeah, that's that was a surprise. I mean, then again, everything that had a toy had a cartoon in the 80s, even for like a minute. So I guess I shouldn't be too surprised. Yeah. This looks like it was just a one-off special. Uh, but they tried. Myron Bennett's in that as well, along with another voice we'll get to a little later. Uh, but for now, Chris is mad because Holly told him there would be a lot of fights in the Nutcracker, and it takes Ms. Walker's confirmation that there are a lot of fights to get her to launch into the story of the Nutcracker, or a story of the Nutcracker in this case. She actually gives us the line, Actually, Tchaikovsky's ballet is only one of many retellings of the original story by E.T.A. Hoffman. See, it's an educational show. (laughs) But Ms. Walker's favorite version of the story was told to her by her close personal friends, the Care Bears. And every kid in this play is now very impressed that their teacher knows celebrities. <laughs> so there's our framing device, and we're into our story proper as we flash back to a not-too-long-ago Christmas in Carolot. And we meet Babies Hugs and Tugs, the Care Bears' very own twin Scrappy-Doos. <laughs> Hugs is the pink one. She is voiced by Tracy Moore. Tugs! We're supposed to stay here, remember? Who was Alice in the Care Bears Adventure in Wonderland. Uh, The princess formerly known as Toadstool in the Super Mario Brothers 3 and Super Mario World cartoons. Anna (laughs) Taylor-Joy. Yeah, we're recording this on the day that they just announced the ridiculous cast list of this Super Mario Brothers movie that Universal's doing next year. And this is why Link doesn't talk much, because he doesn't want to risk sounding like Chris Pratt. <laughs> <laughs> why didn't they get the purple stuff, guys, for Mario and Luigi? Oh, that... <laughs> no, <I'm playing> <laughs> oh, but which is which? <laughs> Jay's more of a Mario, I think. Oh, Jay and Matt. Uh, Tracy Moore's other credits include in the X-Men animated series. There's a lot of X-Men tie-ins with this cast, uh, but she was the White Queen and Phoenix, not Jean, just Phoenix. Uh, and she was the original English voice of Sailor Moon. Uh, oh, my God. Uh, yeah. Just now I suddenly like with that. I spent so many afternoons listening to that like terrible, terrible <laughs> yep. voice. Yep. But, yeah. Here over and over. <laughs> that was a good impression, people who did not live through that. That was actually accurate. It was that bad. Oh, it, it like seriously, it, it it almost like woke up something in me just to like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too. Hearing that realization. <laughs> anyway, we can move on. <laughs> yeah. So Hugs's twin brother Tugs is the blue one. His voice is Melanie Brown. All the other Care Bears have special ornaments of their own. And so should we. Later known as Canadian singer Melody, Melanie Melody, and currently known as Melly Fresh, a frequent collaborator with Dead Mouse. Oh. And she was also the voice of Cheer Bear and a bunch of Strawberry Shortcake's friends in the 80s, including Lemon Meringue and Lime Chiffon. So Hugs and Tugs are, quote, in search of something they wanted very, very much, which turns out to be an ornament to hang on the Carolot Christmas tree. And we get a little montage to the tune of the Dance of the Reed Flutes. Gotta get all the music in here. They didn't pay zero dollars for this public domain (laughs) ballet to not use it. (laughs) 
<laughs> That's what I was thinking while watching this special. I'm like, man, if, when, if they had this episodically, they could have like banked on the extra ad space they could have sold. <laughs> you could have cracked up this special in a good like 25 minutes if you didn't have some of those sequences. <laughs> right. No, see, it ties in. At one point, they try to pluck a star out of the sky to be their ornament. But, you know, all the stars <laughs> in the Care Bears artwork have faces. And this one is very angry and berates them in high-pitched Woodstock chirping. <laughs> so they sadly make their way to the Hall of Hearts, where the Christmas tree is currently being decorated by Braveheart Lion, Lots of Heart Elephant, there they are, and Tenderheart Bear. Braveheart's voice is Dan Hennessy, the voice of Chief Quimby on Inspector Gadget and the animated RoboCop. Well, hugs and tugs, have you found your own special ornament to put on the tree tonight? Uh, and Lots of Heart is voiced by Luba Goy, who also voiced Gentle Heart Lamb and Treat Heart Pig. This is going to be the best Christmas display Carolot has ever seen. And that's the truth. She was also part of a Canadian comedy troupe called the Royal Canadian Air Farce, <laughs> which is a good joke. And Tenderheart Bear is Jim Henshaw in this. That's right. You still have time to find your very own ornament. He was also Brightheart Raccoon, and he was the voice of Wicket in the Ewoks cartoon. And Daniel Mouse in The Devil and Daniel Mouse. <laughs> I'm sorry, that name is too much. That <laughs> I, it also sounds like an old '70s porn, so that doesn't. Oh dear. Well, Devil and Miss Jones. <laughs> so anyway, you're sorry. Uh, <laughs> but Jim Henshaw gives Tenderheart kind of a deep voice, which is odd considering he took over from Billy Mae Richards, the voice of Rudolph. Oh, wow. If you remember both Care Bears movies, Tenderheart Bear just sounds like Rudolph. Care Bears, stare! And now all of a sudden, well, I'll share my ornament with you. So I don't understand what happened there. You back a day haven't? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Could be. So the deal with the ornaments is everyone in Carolot has their own personal one to add to the Christmas tree. And we never hear about the others ever again, but Hugs and Tugs are having trouble finding their own because it's apparently something you have to go look for. But it's not Christmas yet, so they still have time. And right about here is where they're interrupted by Funshine Bear, who spotted a little girl down on Earth who sat on Christmas. Oh, no, not that. I've just spotted a little girl down on Earth through the star telescope. Her name is Anna, and she's really sad. What? But it's Christmas. Just the one, apparently. Man, I bet the Care Bears, like, they're really glad they didn't reboot it in 2020 instead of 2019. Otherwise, I don't think those Care Bears would have been able to like, take a break. <laughs> no, they have to start recruiting. <laughs> what other cousins haven't we met yet? COVID hard chinchilla. Um, <laughs> the voice of Funshine Bear is Susan Roman. She also voiced Champ Bear and was the English voice of Sailor Jupiter, who is much more tolerable. Yes, she sounded like a normal human. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and we're back with the X-Men connection again. She was Scarlet Witch and Callisto, the leader of the Morlocks. But Funshine enlists the help of Grumpy Bear, who happens to walk in from shoveling snow. Oh, the top of clouds, where snow comes from. <laughs> I don't care what you need. I'll do anything but shovel snow. Grumpy, 
and the voice of Grumpy Bear is Bob Dermer. I've talked about him before. He was Ralph Raccoon from the Raccoons and Sam the Security Guard in today's special. Ah, uh, more early. Memories. Yes. So down we go as Funshine takes a cloud car to Earth with the top down, of course, to enjoy catching snowflakes on their tongue. But when Grumpy tries the same thing, he gets a face full of migrating goose butt. <laughs> he was the original Fabio. <laughs> oh, poor Fabio. Just, you know, slice the hell out of his face and I'll just, just fly and I have no idea. Like, I'd be grumpy too. I, you know what? I actually was at a roller or at a theme park one time and someone was hit by a bird while I was on. Really? Yeah, I was. It was at Cedar Point up here in Ohio and I. I was with someone and we went to the Millennium Forest, which was the tallest in the park at that time. And we were going to be on the second train and the first one gets launched and we get lot on the platform and they get us seated. And then we're just sitting there and sitting there and we're wondering like, what happened? And we see the other trains pull in and then we just see a bunch of people rush over to the front seat of the car. And then we find out from the other employees like, oh, yeah, a seagull flew in the way of this train, hit Oof. the pull in front. And then when it died, she became ill. So they're doing a little cleanup. Like, oh, boy. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> uh, Grumpy had an unpleasant ride as well. I see. Yes. Yes. <laughs> uh, and they descend into unidentified Earth City to help the only girl on the planet who's sad at Christmas. Her name is Anna, and her voice is credited as Tara Cherendoff, but you probably know her better by her married name, Tara Strong. You're the Care Bears! What are you doing here? Oh, we came to cheer you up. No kidding. Yes. Uh, she was 15 years old here. And where to begin with Tara Strong? I don't think I've mentioned her on the podcast yet, but in my house, she's first and foremost Twilight Sparkle from My Little Pony, Friendship is Magic. And, oh, Batgirl and Bubbles from Powerpuff Girls. Uh, Timmy Turner, Dill Pickles. We'll be here all night. This is... <laughs> Basically any, like, kind of cute voice that's not E.G. Daily. That was... Like, <laughs> yeah, yep. Uh, she was in that Puffalumps video, so that's the connection I mentioned earlier. Uh, and this is one of Tara Strong, then Cherendoff's earliest roles, just a few before this. I was wondering, like, how long it was until she got married, too, and was doing this. I didn't realize she had started so young. Oh, yeah, she didn't get married until about 2000. So if you go back and look at even the credits of Batman, it's by her maiden name. Oh, okay. So Funshine crash lands on Anna's roof and Grumpy's tossed from the vehicle down the chimney, Santa Claus style and covered in ashes. While Funshine just climbs a pipe down to a window and Grumpy lets them in that way. <laughs> we also meet Anna's brother, Peter, who is voiced by Stu Stone. Shiver me timbers. Stand back, ya swabs. Or taste the sting of my blade. Who... Was also Ralphie, the kid with the backward baseball hat and the magic school bus. And he was on MTV's Blowing Up with Jamie Kennedy as they both pursued a rap career. <laughs> Here he is playing pirates on the Care Bears Christmas special and accidentally knocks over a bag of marbles, which causes the Care Bears to slip and fall right into Anna's room for an awkward introduction. 
I watched this on Sunday, which was Talk Like a Pirate. Oh, well, appropriate. And then (laughs) no more pirates after this. But and we quickly get to the root of the problem. Anna's sad because her best friend moved away. Seems like a pretty simple thing for the Care Bears to sort out. So nice short episode, right? But wait! There's a flash of lightning in the bedroom. Uh, and a mysterious dark portal opens in the middle of Anna's room out of nowhere, and from it enters a life-size talking nutcracker toy soldier who can't remember his own name. I want to know what's like what would go into the character's mind or go through the character's minds. Like, first of all, I mean, I guess in this universe, they already accept the Care Bears as just being there. I guess so. This like waist high furry talking animals gonna show up if you're sad which sounds terrifying in its own way but then in the middle of that a magic portal shows up and you're like yeah this is this is just the thing that's going on here man that's weird at all (laughs) i guess so yeah i'd be just screaming like such nonchalance about this is kind of funny just nonstop screaming. That would be me. But but no, you're right. Like, And they know the Care Bears. They're celebrities. Like, walk in and when Anna realizes, oh, wait a minute, you're the Care Bears. I've heard of you. I know who you are. So, yeah, this whole nutcracker appearing out of a portal in t- space time is fine. Yeah, I yeah, why not? <laughs> I mean, you would think, like I said, at least... The Care Bear is like, oh, that's a surprise you're here, but I accept your terrifying existence. But a gigantic human-sized wooden thing flying at you, like... Right. Okay. Well, yeah. Uh, Welcome. Can I get you water? (laughs) The voice of the Nutcracker is Michael Beatty, I believe, or Beatty. Thanks for straightening me out. But this is rather embarrassing. I can't remember my name. I don't know where I'm from. He's been the voice of a bunch of minor characters in Illumination movies as of late, including The Secret Life of Pets 1 and 2, Despicable Me 3, The Lorax, The Grinch. Maybe they'll get him to do like a Koopa Trooper or something. (laughs) I was expecting maybe he'd, after all those like background characters things, that he'd get some other roles in between and he'd just kind of be like Frank Welker, where it's like if you hear a dog bark at a cartoon, it's probably Frank Welker. Maybe it could be. It just says additional voices, so which is a good chunk of Frank Welker's own filmography. So fine. And before the Nutcracker can even remember where he's from, this mysterious lightning portal opens again, this time spitting out a band of very large rats led by the Rat King. Give up, Nutcracker. You haven't got a chance. Voiced by John Stalker, who was beastly in the TV series. And speaking of Mario again, he was the voice of Toad. Oh, well, he's no Keegan-Michael Key, so. (laughs) (laughs) I just think it's funny that, like, the henchman voice for Beastly and for the Rat King, and also in Care Bears in Wonderland for uh, Tweedledee and Tweedledum. It's it's like, I'm I'm the the supporting bad guy, I'm the Toady. Okay, this is the voice I'm using in the Oh, yeah. Uh, The rats chase everyone in Peter's room, and Anna's little brother grabs a baseball bat and a catcher's mask and chases them off. 
And then Funshide holds off the rats with our first Care Bear Stare of the special while the rest of the heroes escape outside. But they have enough time to make an entire seven-foot-tall pyramid of snowballs to throw at the rats. It's a bit of a back and forth between these two groups until the Nutcracker runs into a tree and remembers everything, which is not how amnesia works. In the 80s, that's how amnesia worked, I think. And we found out some new research. There you go. Oh, (laughs) it could be. Yeah, if if it's good enough for Kermit, it's good enough for this Nutcracker. (laughs) Who now remembers he's from Toyland and those rats work for an evil vizier who's trying to take Mm -hmm. over. And if he does, that means no toys for Christmas. Y'all, why a vizier? <laughs> vizier random, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, vizier made me laugh as a kid because I thought it was funny. It sounded like his name was like a bra. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, vizier, like, I don't know. It seemed like for a while there was so many movies where like the antagonist is the vizier, you know this and Aladdin and I swear to God there are others. Oh yeah. This is a whole TV trope all in itself, uh, but I'm never going to not laugh at Royal Brazier now. Thank you for that. <laughs> Lovely Christmas gift. But this seems very specific and this is four years before Jafar. Uh, but for now, the rats chase everyone back inside where Funshine and Grumpy Bear Care Bear stare them back to where they came from through the mystery portal that just keeps opening in Anna's room. Did she solve a puzzle box from Hellraiser that we haven't seen? What's happening? (laughs) We later learn it's a mouse hole connecting wherever Anna is to Toyland, but we never learn why it's opening specifically in Anna's room, specifically right after the Care Bear showed up. The Rat King has such sights to show you. <laughs> <laughs> and and again, we have the absent parents trope. You never see any parents. Yeah, parents are nowhere to be seen. These two are these two are home alone in their house. And they go to another dimension. And they go to another dimension. <laughs> it's like little monsters. But even with the uh, hugs and tugs, where's Grand Bear? Hey, yeah. <laughs> you know? You don't even see her in the montage of them looking for their ornament everywhere. Bedtime Bear got more screen time than she did in this one, and he's just there to yawn, and that's it. (laughs) And then maybe they got it in the mouse hole. (laughs) So now Funshine and Grumpy Bear send a distress signal back to Tenderheart, Braveheart, and lots of heart who join them, along with Hugs and Tugs, unbeknownst to them, because the twins are still looking for that ornament in the back of the cloud car. Which Braveheart just crashes into the side of Anna's house. I mean, it gets them into the window, but let's work on landing your flying cars, Care Bears. (laughs) Maybe y'all are the reason we never got flying cars. We saw you driving them irresponsibly. (laughs) Well, you know, they just had those poor stars up in those sweatshops making new cloud cars. So just better when you wreck one. Yeah, that's it. They don't even have fingers. They just have the little stubs. <laughs> so so the Nutcracker's going back to save Toyland and enlist the help of Anna and the Care Bears and anyone else who wants to come along. But when they discover Hugs and Tugs are also there, they ask them to stay behind with Peter, who is not happy about missing out on an adventure. And I can't say I blame him. 
Oh well, yeah. I mean, not only is he missing out, he has to play babysitter. And I don't know if you've ever been forced to be a babysitter. Oh yeah. Kids want to be around. That's and you want to do something cooler. Massive bummer. <laughs> Absolutely, especially when your big sister is like a couple of inches taller than you. <laughs> it's like having a ten-year-old babysit a nine-year-old. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Maybe that's not your decision to make, Anna, but. Off she and the rest of them go into Toyland, and once Tugs learns they're going to Toyland, well, he wants to go see if they can find an ornament there. Probably a good place to look for one. So he, Hugs, and Peter follow the rest into the mouse hole, and that brings us back to the present where Holly, Chris, and the other students in the Nutcracker play are hanging on Miss Walker's every word. And I legit forgot for a bit that there was a framing device. <laughs> I forget, does the the movie, the first one, ever flash back and forth between their framing device? Because I feel like that one was pretty much like it sets it up and movie happens and it closes it out with that. I think it's the movie, too, that's just narrated by a star. I think I'm remembering that. Well, I, I thought it was Mickey Rooney who was like doing the narration where he was like the older version of the. Oh, yeah, that was the first one. You're right. And then the yep. star is the second one. Yes, 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 yes. Could this have been, you know how you said it originally aired in three parts? Yes. Could it have like the end of one part in the beginning of the next? It sure seems like that because these are very quick breaks that just establish, oh, we're listening to a story. Hey, this story's great. What happens next? And that's the only purpose here. It's maybe 30 seconds. After these messages, we'll be right back. Care Bear glasses from Pizza Hut. Jim's day started out bumpy. Till Mom gave him grumpy. When Mom cuts my hair, I'm glad Cheer Bear's there. Hi, Cheer Bear. Now the Care Bears are dropping in at Pizza Hut on four glasses you can collect for your kids. Tenderheart and Grumpy Bear, Funshine and Cheer Bear. Two glasses, just 99 cents each time you buy any Pizza Hut pizza. Just 99 cents for two. One for me, one for you. Collect all four for your kids at Pizza Hut. And to find out what happened next, we cut to the vizier's castle, where he's trying to get information from the sugar plum fairy. There she is. I don't have a voice credit for the sugar plum fairy because like Tinkerbell, she only kind of makes little squeaky fairy noises. But the vizier is Don Franks, the original voice of Boba Fett in the Star Wars holiday special. Well, my pretty, have you come to your senses? Will you show me where the ring is now? Uh, and he was also Sabretooth in the X-Men cartoon. And if you ever watched an episode of Inspector Gadget where Dr. Claw sounds different, that was Don Franks. You see, this time, the crime is Gadget's elimination. <laughs> and his daughter is Cree Summer, the voice of Penny. Well, no kidding. How about that? I didn't know she had uh, gotten her career through nepotism. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> so the vizier has the sugar plum fairy trapped in a glass dome like you would serve pheasant under. He wants to know the location of some ring, which is apparently all that's keeping him from controlling Toyland. But she's not talking, so the vizier busts out his hypnotic eyes. Every grand vizier knows this trick. It's probably how they got their job. 
but it apparently doesn't work on fairies, and the Sugar Plum Fairy has some fun trolling him for a bit despite being trapped under glass. <laughs> She's got guts. I like her. Uh, but the vizier tells her he'll find out where the ring is when the Rat King returns with the Sugar Plum Fairy's, quote, little wooden friend. And if he doesn't talk, he'll throw him in the fireplace. And right on cue, the Rat King returns to deliver the bad news that they were defeated by the Care Bears. The Care Bears! Hundreds of them, he says, as he delivers a dramatic reenactment of what happened, which <laughs> might have convinced me till he ends with, and then a little kid hit me with her shoe. <laughs> I don't remember because I didn't write it down. Does the Vizier knows what Care Bears are? No, I th- uh, he just kind of... It's hard to tell. The Rat King just name drops the Care Bears and he's like, the Care Bears? Like, yeah, hundreds of them. And he goes on embellishing this story. But yeah, I couldn't quite tell if he was like the Care Bears. Like, what the heck is that? Or the Care Bears? What are they doing here? (laughs) Yeah, it could really go either way now that you mention it. But now he has to use his magic to find out where the Nutcracker is. And if he can do that, why can't he just find the ring that way? Because then we wouldn't have an hour and a half commercials. Right. (laughs) What are the limits of his magic surveillance cloud? I don't know. Well, clearly, uh, we find out why later, maybe, if it can't see through certain kinds of material. Oh, could be. Yeah. We're following the Care Bears now as they arrive in Toyland and they try to get the Nutcracker to remember anything as to who he is or where they need to go. And Grumpy Bear speaks for me when he says, I better remember to remind you to constantly remember to remember. As to where they need to go, some thunder and lightning in the distance answer that. So now the questions, how? And Braveheart follows a set of train tracks to a giant wrapped package he opens to reveal a very happy looking train. Very happy to be out of that box, I imagine. He's not as badly uh, confined as Thomas's one friend from. Oh, t- <laughs> he gets corked up in a tunnel. He gets walled up, except like up to his eyes. Yeah, like Casca the Amaniato stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and not two seconds after they all climb aboard, do Hugs, Tugs, and Peter arrive in Toyland from the mouse hole just in time to catch the train as it starts moving. Like Lori Petty and Gina Davis in a league of their own. And of course, the vizier is watching the whole thing, so he sends the Rat King out to follow the train. And he tells the Sugar Plum Fairy his goal is to destroy Toyland and Christmas. No motive. Just, I don't think we ever get a motive of why he wants to destroy Toyland and Christmas. No, it's just, he he's the bad guy, so he's supposed to want to destroy it, and that's about it. Yeah, we needed the bad guy. For a bad guy who wants to destroy Christmas, it sure is weird for him to keep a decorated Christmas tree right next to his throne. Spoilers, kids, that's not his throne. But if I usurped the kingdom and wanted to destroy Christmas, maybe the first thing to go would be the tree next to my chair. But for now, we're back on the train and it's sightseeing time. And we pass a lemonade waterfall and a hot chocolate spring and a candy cane bridge, some ice cream mountains. And 10 minutes of... You know, classical music because it was free. <laughs> yep. Lots of hard picks. Some lollipops off a tree and shares one with Funshine. They just stick them in their mouths without taking off the wrapper. 
Are the rappers edible or are the animators lazy? You decide. <laughs> uh, the Nutcracker picks a candy cane for Anna and gets a little kiss on the cheek in exchange. So that's happening as well. And then the train stops for the night at a very decrepit looking station and everyone gets out. For the rest of the gang, the first order of business is to refuel the train, which runs on strawberry soda. And I want a train that runs on soda now. Mm-hmm. Have y'all ever read the original draft of the script to Back to the Future? Uh, no. <laughs> so the time machine was initially activated by Coca-Cola. <laughs> uh, Marty was hesitant to reveal this to Doc in the past. What with his going on about knowing too much about your own destiny. But Doc figured it out. And when Marty returns to his new improved present, that's where the flying cars come in in that uh, first draft. Oh. Yeah. So the moral of that story is invent a car that runs on Coke and will achieve world peace or whatever. But unfortunately, the Care Bears first attempt to load up the train's engine with strawberry soda gets it all over poor Grumpy. Womp womp. Oh, yeah, when you get started, man, that's that's that that's gotta be rough. <laughs> grumpy gets the short end of the stick a few times in this special. I mean, that's just kind of Grumpy's bag in the movies. Yeah, and he, he accepts his lot in life. I guess I don't know. I mean, the only I mean, I didn't really watch many of the the TV episodes, but like I did, you know, I saw the first three movies previous to this, and like. Grumpy didn't really have much of an impetus until like the Care Bears in Wonderland and all he wanted to do was eat then. And that was the (laughs) like defining character trait of Grumpy and motivation is Grumpy wants food. Grumpy has pratfall and Grumpy missing food because of said pratfall. (laughs) He's like he's like slapstick Eeyore. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody's fine that he's grumpy by nature. No one questions him about it, but also he ends up taking a lot of pratfalls. Maybe let Grumpy hang out back and care a lot and just eat some ice cream. He might be in a better mood. (laughs) (laughs) But while that's happening, Grumpy is almost ambushed by a shadowy figure from behind him. And thankfully, Peter, Hugs, and Tugs reveal themselves to warn Grumpy to watch out. These shadowy figures turn out to be a group of angry toys and dolls and gingerbread people led by a harlequin. We tried to save Toyland and look what happened to us. Voiced by Keith Knight, who was another Care Bears additional voice regular. Uh, He was the White Rabbit in the Adventure of Wonderland movie. And he was Lowly Worm in the busy world of Richard Scarry from the mid 90s. And he was Fink in the movie Meatballs. Uh, He won the hot dog eating contest. And it only takes a couple of Care Bear stares and Braveheart just roaring at this mob of toys to get them to retreat. But then Braveheart Lion picks up a little gingerbread boy and holds it hostage. Yeah, that was a little severe for a Care Bear to do. I mean, but whoa, what's he going to do? Shoot him in the face with the <laughs> stomach beam? Like. <laughs> Even the Harlequin begs him not to hurt the boy, and we zoom out to reveal this little gingerbread hostage is wearing a cast on his foot. I mean, wouldn't gingerbread just break apart and crumble? (laughs) Hey, yeah. (laughs) And then we pan across this group of what turns out to be refugee toys of sorts who are all banged up and bruised. Not okay. 
Man, I mean, like Charlie in the box thought he had it bad when just nobody wanted him, but he was like hanging out with the Moon King and everything was pretty chill. These toys, like a vizier shows up and then has a bunch of rats beat off. Right. Like Royal Hand's got a bunk. Uh, Harlequin explains they weren't attacking them. They just wanted the train so they could get out of Toyland. Uh, and he recommends the Nutcracker and the company do the same. And then he tells them the story of how the vizier and his rat army overthrew the prince of Toyland. We get still shots showing battle scenes and also rumors as to what happened to this prince. One still shot shows him falling from a tower to his death. Uh, Another shows the prince locked in a tower wearing a toy soldier uniform. Spoilers above, in case this is your first time hearing any version of the Nutcracker, I'm sorry. Uh, And to drive the point home even more, everybody watching and nobody in the actual special, uh, before the vizier took over, the prince hid his magic ring that apparently lets you rule Toyland. It's not clear what the ring does yet, but we see the prince give his ring to the sugar plum fairy and the vizier become very angry as he watches the fairy fly away, only to be caught later after hiding it, as we know now. So now the Nutcracker wants to go save the Sugar Plum Fairy and find that ring before the Vizier does. But as he goes back to get back on the train, he trips over something and Pratt falls himself, causing all the other toys to laugh at him. And now Braveheart, who, remember, almost just took an injured gingerbread child hostage, has the (laughs) nerve to talk down to the Harlequin for laughing at the Nutcracker. Yeah. Some some people just have some uh, misguided principles that confirmation bias kind of thing. <laughs> you don't get to decide who are and are not the good guys here, Braveheart. Nutcracker goes to walk away hurt, and Anna gives him a pep talk, and the Harlequin quickly apologizes for laughing at him and offers a handshake at peace. But this Nutcracker is a hugger. <laughs> I hear he's a biter, too. Oh, dear. (laughs) Wooden teeth. And we're back on the train with Grumpy on fuel duty. But now the Rat King and his goons block the trains up ahead with candy canes and attack the train on pogo sticks. Not sure if that's a great battle strategy. Has either of you ever had or used a pogo stick? I tried to get a pogo ball once. I couldn't even stand on it, let alone jump on it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, same, same here. It was like, and I, same with the pogo stick. It was like, oh, I can get on this. And then like, you stood on it and depressed and then it just fell backwards. <laughs> like I couldn't even get it to jump. Oh, I had one for a while. I liked it, but I don't think it's a very practical mode of transportation or weapon. <laughs> and I'm proven right when the Rat King falls on his face, but just him. The other rats do catch up with the train. And while some Care Bear stares and Braveheart hitting the brakes make short order of most of them, the caboose where Peter Hugs and Tugs are gets decoupled from the rest of the train and the rats capture them. Uh, Always looks a whole lot easier to decouple a train car on TV than it does in real life. Or maybe I'm riding the wrong kind of trains. (laughs) Yeah, no, the time it's in a cartoon, it's always like you got a single pin that you can just pull out with ease not yeah. like, you know, jammed and hammered in there tightly or anything like that. No. Let alone any other couplings and controls that exist. 
just yoink. Well, there goes the rest of the train. Uh, and the rest of the train makes it across a licorice bridge just before it collapses, thanks to a couple of hungry rats who get the delicious job of chewing through it. Which I guess is only delicious if you like licorice, but I do. But I seem to be in a minority among people I know anyway. <laughs> I, I've never been a licorice person. It's just kind of taste. It's, it's like eating just differently shaped wax lips to me. <laughs> <laughs> Might as well just make me eat circus peanuts. <laughs> well, I liked circus peanuts, too. <laughs> Karen, what is your opinion of licorice? Um, I like the way it smells. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> I like the way it smells. I'm not... Uh, the mouthfeel thing kind of interferes with the taste, but I do really like how it smells. It's a nice scent. I like the line, uh, let go of me, you cheese eater. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what? Why, yes, I do eat cheese. I'm a rat. That's my whole thing. <laughs> Terrible insult. <laughs> Meanwhile, the vizier is watching all of this, and he's not happy the Rat King let the Nutcracker get away again, but he also now knows the Nutcracker is heading in his direction himself, so he's quite pleased about that. And meanwhile, again... We pan back out one more time to Ms. Walker's theater, where Chris is now starting to enjoy the story. Like tiny baby Fred Savage finally getting into his grandpa reading him The Princess Bride. <laughs> but again, that's all of five seconds to bring us into Act 3. So I think you're right, Karen. I think it was just interstitials to split this up into three episodes. And then they decided, yeah, keep it in. And now we find the Care Bears and company switching from train to boat for the final stretch to the castle. It's shaped like a tugboat, but it apparently has to be rowed. And once again, the job falls on Grumpy for some reason. <laughs> Grumpy? Grumpy, really? Yeah, Grumpy, Grumpy seems to get stuck with a lot of the manual labor. I don't know if he's getting stuck with it or if he's just like, oh, fine, I'll do it. I mean, he's grumpy either way. So like, yeah. if he's if he doesn't do it and is like tired, he complains. And if he does it and he's tired, he complains. <laughs> Let the grumpy guy get it done. Makes sense. Right. He's doing all the heavy lifting here, too, especially when in this shot of him rowing a very large boat with a single candy cane or he's standing right next to lots of heart elephant, the strongest Avenger. <laughs> let, let the elephant row well you know he doesn't he gets too flustered this is why swift hearts needed he you know they'd put him on the back of there and tell him to run and he would be able to power through like a little motorboat yeah no swift hearts nowhere to be found in this poor poor casting <laughs> and that's the truth uh, they're taking a boat now <laughs> Because the Nutcracker remembers a secret entrance to the castle. Doesn't remember his name, just where the secret entrance to the castle is. But elsewhere in the castle, Hugs, Tugs, and Peter are already there? Locked up in a prison cell? How did they get there first? Rat portal. Rat portal. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> the bridge was out and their train car was uncoupled. So, yeah, no, Rat Portal. My question was, was it faster for the rats to hoof it with their hostages than it was to take the secret boat entrance? But 
They won't be in that prison cell for long. The rest of the team is in the castle and splitting up to find them. And the Sugar Plum Fairy, in a searching the castle montage set to the tune of the dance of the Sugar Plum Fairy. There it is. <laughs> I use that when uh, when we bake. I use that my alarm uh, to let me know when the when to take the cookies out of the oven. Well, that's perfect. Now I got to do right. that. Yeah, they're plopping this music in wherever they can. It works here, I thought. It serves well as being sneaky music. And then you have the thing where the two groups back into each other. Yeah. Which is very Scooby-Doo. Very Scooby-Doo. Despite splitting up, both groups end up bumping into each other uh, in the throne room where the sugar plum fairy is still under glass. And the vizier who hates Christmas still has his tree up and decorated. Meanwhile, the Rat King drops by his prisoner's cell to gloat, I guess. And Peter tells him to stop, saying Hugs and Tugs are scared of the dark cell. And he adds he bets even the Rat King is scared of the dark sometimes. And y'all can probably guess what happens next. Is it a montage? <laughs> no, the, well, that's, that's also a good guess. No, the Rat King gets so offended, he proves he likes the dark by walking into the not really all that dark cell himself, allowing Peter Hugs and Tugs to sneak out and lock the Rat King in there. Oh, darn, that was going to be my second guess. <laughs> it works every time. Back in the weirdly vizierless throne room, the Nutcracker frees the Sugar Plum Fairy, who reveals the ring is hiding in a walnut hanging near the top of the Christmas tree. So it turns out it's a good thing the vizier didn't chuck it, but now I'm wondering, could he? Could there be some magic in place keeping that tree immovable so the ring and the walnut don't get lost? And he didn't even think anything of it? Like, fine, it's a tree, no one cares? Tell you maybe he was just like half blind from doing too many of those spinny eyes trying to. <laughs> so now it's up to the Care Bears to climb up the top of each other's shoulders, or in this case, Tenderheart at the top, just balance on Braveheart's hair. <laughs> I mean, it hasn't moved this whole special, so <laughs> rock solid gel on there. There's got to be a better way to do that, but hey, the walnuts at the almost the very top of the tree and Tenderheart grabs it, but loses it again as they all fall down on each other. And the walnut, of course, soars across the room right into the hands of the returning vizier, who also grabs the sugar plum fairy while he's at it. And before the Care Bears can even get up and stare, a bunch of rats arrive to cover them in taffy, keep them stuck in place. Uh, but at first, I thought this was cheese Whiz. <laughs> I mean, it would have worked. I mean, they're rats. They, we have established previously. Uh, maybe that's why I was thinking that. It was just, Care Bears, you've been whizzed. <laughs> well, it turns out the vizier can't open the walnut himself. So maybe I'm onto something with that tree thing, but he's going to make the nutcracker open it naturally. So, you know, now that I think about it, I don't think the Nutcracker has to crack open any actual nuts in the actual ballet. I could be wrong, but I don't think so. Not as a plot device, anyway. Uh, yeah, I don't believe so. I mean, well, actually, I don't remember if this is in the actual, like, I forget the author of the first Nutcracker story, but I know in one of the children's, like, retellings I have that have, like, the illustrations, mm -hmm. part of it is that 
the little girl, Clara, I think. Yes. She gets a nutcracker from her uncle or whatever, and some kid takes it and uh, tries to crack a nut with it and breaks its jaw. And oh. like, she's devastated. And then he returns it. Um, the uncle returns it and he like fixed it and stuff. I don't remember if that's actually part of that, just that book I had, or if that's the actual story. Oh, yeah, that is. It is? is. Okay. Yeah, the little boy takes the the nutcracker, and I don't know if he actually tries to take a... The version I saw last year, I don't... I, 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 I think he's just... I think he's just goofing around with it just to mess with her, and he breaks it, and the, um, the uncle fixes it and gives it back to her but i don't remember seeing like a nut um they might have just they, they might have just dispensed with that because you know so many people are allergic to nuts now and we want oh you know, or they couldn't tell from the back <laughs> row what exactly they're holding in their yeah, hands maybe yeah that's a good point i mean it's a nutcracker what else could it be but <laughs> yeah, I, I mean that Obviously, it's from that, and then we have a you know him crack quote unquote cracking a nut. Not exactly what happens, but you know he he is involved with nuts in this version. I'm yes, think if there are any other versions of the Nutcracker that I've seen that is like has the Nutcracker actually doing its intended function. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm trying to remember. Oh, it's been too long since I saw that Nutcracker in the Four Realms movie. So I don't know. There were nuts in it. But I'm, I don't know. I know my family saw that one and I don't know anything about it other than according to them, it is a uh, leftist woke conspiracy. <laughs> what? <laughs> they they were saying that they were upset because there it was a trans agenda thing. And I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. And I don't want to find out. Oh, they have some characters who are dressed effeminately. <laughs> Back here, uh, Braveheart, still stuck in Taffy, tells the Nutcracker, don't open it, but for his comments, the Vizier zaps Braveheart into a wooden statue of himself and threatens to turn all of the Nutcracker's friends into firewood if he doesn't open that walnut. But not quite immediately, apparently. When the Nutcracker still vows never to open it, the Vizier just has the rats take him and Anna to the tower, but leave the elephant with me as his next hostage. And sure enough, later, a wooden lots of heart with a shocked expression on their face gets chucked into the tower prison cell with the rest of them. And he's doing it one by one to just drag out this time instead of making the Nutcracker just open it right in front of them. So I'm not sure what what they're doing here. Incremental raising of the stakes. Yeah, I guess I guess that's just it. But we don't even see the one by one. It's just Braveheart and lots of heart. And then the next time we cut to them, everybody except Anna and the Nutcracker. So not much suspense there. But meanwhile, the Vizier laughs his evil laugh during all of this, which hugs Tugs and Peter here from wherever they are in the castle. And they think it's someone laughing joyfully at a Christmas party in the (laughs) building where they were just in jail. (laughs) They're very, they're not like Scrappy-Doo in the sense that like, they just their presence makes no sense, and as it, it makes as much sense as their like logic, because like they they have like goldfish brains. That's how they <laughs> operate. They, I I just 
to, to go through all that stuff and be like, this is terrible. Look at these broken toys and this monstrous vizier and these horrifying rats chasing us. But wait, hold on. Christmas party? Yeah, maybe Santa's here, Hug says. <laughs> and besides Grumpy falling down the chimney at Anna's house, that's the only spoken reference to Santa Claus in this entire special. Christmas seems to be an afterthought as a thing by all of this, just because, well, the Nutcracker takes place on Christmas, and that's about it. And for some reason, uh, the Vizier controlling Toyland would also end Christmas, because I guess that's where toys come from. Yeah, it's it's got it's in the it's like a category three Christmas special thing, really. <laughs> like category one is like your we have some real reverence for the holiday, kind of like your Charlie Brown Christmas ones. And then category two is like, it's not so much about that, but we're still going to talk about family and something along those. And story and type three is like this. And like when they air Harry Potter, because there's like <laughs> at Christmas, yeah. I'm like, yeah. you know, 25 days of Christmas special stuff. <laughs> it's very, very <laughs> loose ties aside from like the general setting. <laughs> Yeah, Harry Potter really does have a strong connection with Christmas just because Christmas happens in every book, but and every movie. But uh, it always ends up on that for some reason. And I, I never understood why, but I guess it's just like, well, it snows and they open Christmas presents. All right, fine. It's like how some people have put on Groundhog Day around Christmas. What? It's really called Groundhog Day, but it happens. And there, it's during winter, and there's a snowstorm, so that makes a Christmas movie. <laughs> oh, well, all right. <laughs> like low standards. <laughs> it's, like, it's like a, it has to be a feel good movie too, so it can't be like a terrifying movie about a winter storm. <laughs> no. Yeah, it can't be like the hateful eight is a Christmas movie. <laughs> hateful eight, crazy nights. Well, Ghostbusters could be a Christmas movie then, couldn't it? Well, uh, Ghostbusters 2 could. Yeah, almost. Ghostbusters 2 ends on New Year's Eve. Yeah, the first one doesn't have a specific holiday, but the second one does. Okay, I must have gotten something confused. Because I, oh, I, I, I think I'm thinking of the beginning of 2 where they talk about Valentine's Day being the apocalypse. <laughs> I, I was gonna say, is it like even what a bummer? It snowed on on in Groundhog Day, and in the first one, the stay puff marshmallow man is white. So when he explodes, it looks like snow. Christmas. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Maybe Santa's in the castle where we were just in jail. Santa's uh, actually a ghost. Don't oh dear. <laughs> So Hugs and Tugs follow the source of this laughter. A couple of rat goons find and free the Rat King. And now all the other Care Bears and the Harlequin, who's still here, are firewood, leaving only Anna, whom the rats begin to take until the Nutcracker finally says, okay, I'll open the walnut, despite Anna's pleading not to give in. A lot of movement in these last minutes. We're back with the vizier, gloating that he's won, and he awaits the arrival of the Nutcracker when the Rat King comes in to report the other prisoners have escaped. And Hugs, Tugs, and Peter are actually listening in from behind the tree, but they're not really paying attention. They're looking at the ornaments on the tree. <laughs> Remember, that's what they're doing. Uh, and then Hugs spots the uh, sugar plum fairy across the room and waves, Hi, Miss Fairy! 
I want to point out that uh, a symptom of abuse in children is disassociation during stressful situations. Oh, no. What I'm saying, Grand Bear needs to be investigated. Oh, no. She, she, she shouts, hi, Miss Fairy, which the Sugar Plum Fairy hears, but somehow the Vizier, who's standing in between them, doesn't. TV volume is weird. <laughs> So the vizier sends the Rat King and his goons to go find the escaped prisoners, and they take off running, only to crash right into the Sugar Plum Fairy's glass encasement, accidentally setting her free. So she grabs the walnut, which the vizier just stupidly left sitting on his throne. That's been a lot of convenience. We've got to wrap this up in five minutes. Yeah, well, do vizier robes not have pockets? Get a robe with pockets, all you viziers listening. I mean, even if they have pockets they do have those very droopy sleeves yeah mm, yeah i mean sleeves are helpful for holding all sorts of things yeah. well the walnut ends up rolling across the floor and into the hands of tugs who remarks it's the perfect ornament for the tree back at carolot and they make a run for it and what follows is another running around the castle to more Nutcracker music montage as the walnut changes hands back and forth between the cubs and the rats and back and forth a few more times before the Rat King launches himself from a giant crossbow, swipes the nut from Peter's clutches before crashing into a wall that happens to be on the other side of the throne room, right next to where the Nutcracker's standing. So the nut rolls across the floor, stopping at his feet. He picks it up and the walnut opens magically. He doesn't have to like put it in his mouth and crunch it with his wooden teeth, revealing what appears to be a pink mood ring, which I looked up and wouldn't you know it, mood ring colors don't appear to be much of an exact science. What? (laughs) Could be happy, could mean flirty. None of the charts say ruler of Toyland, so who's to say? (laughs) You're going to tell me that Ouija boards don't work next. Oh, But the sugar plum fairy dives for the ring just before the vizier reaches for the walnut and she slips it on the nutcracker's finger and it starts to glow. He's got the glow. Uh, The first thing that happens is the Care Bears and the Harlequin are no longer petrified. Uh, And the second thing that happens is the nutcracker turns into a real boy and his voice is different as the human prince of Toyland. It is Sunny Basin. Thrasher. I remember everything now. You turned me into a nutcracker so you could take Toyland away from me. But my friend the Sugar Plum Fairy made sure you wouldn't succeed by hiding my magic ring. Who was the orphan boy Jason in the first Care Bears movie. And if you watched the live-action Nelvana show The Edison Twins on the Disney Channel, he was the twins' little brother Paul. That's a deep cut for me. Uh, but... Vizier attempts to zap the prince now, but his ring zaps back off the stone floor right into the vizier's chest, sending him flying. While a group Care Bear stare takes care of the rats, sending them crashing into a heart-shaped hole in the wall. And then the prince just holds up his hand like he's He-Man holding (laughs) up his sword by the power of Grayskull. And the ring on it uh, and commands the vizier's spell to be lifted forever. And that's all it takes for the sun to come out and restore Toyland to its former glory. Even though it looks pretty much the same to me, except now the sky is clear and we don't see that one wrecked train station. <laughs> yeah, Toyland's got a baron in this uh, this special. 
just nice background scenery, but oh, it's beautiful. It looks exactly the same, except sunnier. I mean, nobody likes overcast days. <laughs> no, can't say so. Uh, next, we see the prince thanking the Care Bears, Anna and Peter, and seeing them off again, saying they saved Christmas, which seems to be an unrelated bonus, having watched this whole thing now. Oh, and he gives Hugs and Tugs the walnut to have as their ornament. Yay! Uh, but then after they leave, the next thing we see is Anna waking up in her bed, bummed that it was all a dream. But wait, a new neighbor comes knocking at her door to introduce himself. Again, we still see no parents. And wouldn't you know it, this new neighbor's a dead ringer for the Nutcracker's human form. And his name is Alan Prince. Anna, meet our new neighbor. Alan. Alan Prince. Hello, Anna. H Hello, Alan. I remember watching this as an eight-year-old and thinking, really? Well, you know, he's a big improvement over her ex-boyfriend, George Glass. <laughs> <laughs> But fine, Ms. Walker's done telling her story when her husband arrives, her boyfriend, I guess, to pick her up. Are you almost ready? Oh, I'll be right with you, Alan. <gasps> and whoa, kids, Ms. Walker was Anna this whole time. And then they just leave the children there at the theater by themselves. <laughs> Goodbye, children, and have a Merry Christmas. <laughs> Did you notice that? Lock up. <laughs> the one was there in the whole thing. And yeah, she, she leaves. I mean, as we've already established the fact that, I mean, there's a, the, the first movie and how Anna grew up and everything. This town has a serious orphan problem. So like, <laughs> they didn't have any parents to report to. Oh, dear. Oh, just see them there. <laughs> Orphans everywhere in this town. My man's here. Go finish practicing the play yourselves and let yourselves out. Don't forget to lock up behind you. <laughs> Let's just go back to practicing. The Care Bears are watching from overhead because they're like Peter Pan and just like hanging out, listening to stories about themselves. <laughs> the ageless Care Bears, because Hugs and Tugs are up there still in diapers. <laughs> I think we might have learned a long time ago that Hogs and Dogs uh, are the same age as the rest of the Care Bears. They just happen to like those diapers. Oh, okay. Hey, man. Hogs uh, and Dogs, the original diaper furs. There you go. Whatever makes you comfy. <laughs> Still not as bad as, well, leaving the children alone in the school building. That's fine. But weird thing on Wikipedia about this end part, it very specifically says Anna wakes up on Christmas morning in the year 1967. <laughs> I don't know where they're getting that, but this special is from 1988. So perhaps it's assuming Miss Walker's telling the story the year before and this story takes place 20 years ago. But... <laughs> Nowhere in this special does it say oh. in the year 1967. Oh my God. This, a rift this... in the space time continuum opened in my bedroom. Oh my God. This reminds me of when I was on the episode for the small one. <laughs> and there was an entry about how, like, the other donkeys. 
we have names, but like even though they were jerks to him, he like they later found Jesus and forgave them. Oh, that's right. It was like really out of nowhere. It had nothing to do with the special. It was so weird. It's like when actors like art, like a director tells an actor, write a 200 page backstory about your character. No reason. Just I want you to do something. Oh, my God. Uh, and that's a good chunk of information to just assume about a cartoon for children. But but that's it, friends. We made it. Do you all have any final thoughts about the Care Bears Nutcracker Suite? I thought it was interesting that there was a parallel between Holly and her brother, Chris and Anna and Peter. It's like, yeah, I thought they were going to do more with that, but it never happened. Yeah. Yeah. It it definitely had like a setup, kind of like a, like a Peter Pan kind of thing again, where it's, Oh, maybe there's a connection. Oh, could be. Yeah. The Care Bears are coming to take away Holly and Chris (laughs) on an adventure. (laughs) Now Holly will know how she can get a husband. (laughs) Wait for some care bears to introduce you to a man that falls from another dimension. Yeah, just my husband just showed up in my room one day. Well, thank you both so much for joining me. This was a blast. (laughs) Anytime. Yeah, that was great. And if people want to take you sightseeing around a mountain of ice cream, where can they find you on the internet, Karen? Uh, well, at Instagram, it's KPF777. And on Twitter, it's Karen Flieger, F as in Frank, L-I-E-G-E-R-8. And also check out her work on the Retro Network. Yeah. Uh, and Lindy. Uh, you can always bother me on Twitter at I Eat Video Games. Awesome. Thank you all again. It's always a pleasure. Well, podcast pals, you can find show notes for all the tangents we went on today at Advent Calendar House, and I'm on Twitter at Fall West Mike. Tune in next time for another Christmas special from a faraway land in just a couple of days. Until then, for Karen and Lindy, live from the rip in the space-time continuum that mysteriously opened in my bedroom, This is Mike Westfall reminding you to always keep your kingdom controlling valuable, safe and secure, and watch the icy patch, please. And now, these messages. Hi, I'm Ed Daly. My new book, The Christmas Book, The Ultimate Guide to Your Favorite Holiday, is out now in time for holiday gift-giving. In it, I explain everything from our odd customs like bringing trees indoors and kissing under the mistletoe to the stories behind just about every major Christmas song and movie ever made. And most importantly for lovers of the Advent Calendar House podcast, the biggest section of the book focuses on Christmas on TV. Sure, Charlie Brown, Rudolph, and Frosty are included. The Christmas book also examines lesser-known Rankin-Bass specials like Nestor the Long-Eared Christmas Donkey, Christmas variety shows, sitcoms, cop shows, doctor shows, anthology shows. Anyone out there remember the holiday episodes from He-Man, Garfield, MacGyver, SpongeBob, Kirby Enthusiasm, 90210, Animaniacs, G.I. Joe, Scooby-Doo, and of course the Rambo Christmas cartoon where he saves a toy maker and travels shirtless down a snowy mountain on a hubcap. I'd love to hear about your favorite TV specials. My Twitter account is EasyEdDaily, that's E-Z-E-D-D-A-L-Y. 
The book is The Christmas Book by Ed Daly, available on Amazon. Thanks, everyone. Hope you enjoy it. I wrote it with fellow Christmas fanatics like you in mind. On the Snow in Southtown Christmas podcast, we discuss Christmas movies, Christmas music, and we have fun segments where we always talk about something weird and something fun related to Christmas on each episode. If we're tired of making fun of Michael Bublé, I might recommend Pentatonics. I'm not going to play you two on this, on this podcast. Thank you. He's eating ice cream and crunch taters. He's just partying, man. Thank God it's them instead of you, right? I was going to say he was rolling over in his grave, but I don't think he's dead, but... Well, he's still doing it. When he heard Patty LaBelle, he <laughs> dug his grave and he rolled him. <laughs> How about 10s and 20s? 10s and 20s. Be sure to check out our website at snowandsouthtown.wordpress.com, where you'll find links to our Facebook, our Twitter, and our Discord. Uh, yeah, I'd like the tiny tots, please. You mean a, <laughs> some small tater tots? Yeah, yeah, your tiny tots. He told them the whole time. They know one beagle. Fire that up. Speaking my language now. You can stream our podcast at iTunes, iHeartRadio, Stitcher Radio, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. It's a problematic movie. Yeah, we should pee together at least once per decade, really. He is Dallas Snow Sato because he is He's jingling those bells. bells. Some <laughs> jingling them bells. Jingling those bells. Look what you did, you little jerk. Check out Snow in Southtown. You won't you regret did. it. And by won't, I mean will. Next time on the Advent Calendar House. A snow white Christmas. A snow 